Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. host coach Seth and I'm joined in studio with my amazing co-host coach Mia. Thanks Seth. We just got out of the studio, filmed another lesson. Another lesson. Yes, we're we're doing this series. Uh, we filmed part 2 of a series talking about how to rule relationships. This is a theme, uh, 28 lesson theme, talking about how to rule, how to have dominion or control over your life. We live in a culture, Mia, that um, is entitled or we feel powerless right? Mm-hmm. We, I mean, so many people are like, well, I just feel so powerless. I'm out of control. And there's so much we have control over. There's so much we actually have dominion over. It's just, it's a mindset issue. And friendships is one of those things. So friendships are a big deal. Huge. They're huge. So do you remember thinking back to like your first day of like, say, grade school or middle school? You know, I, I remember grade school, I'm walking up and being terrified to go in the building. What was so scary? I didn't know anybody. So what was going through your mind? Gosh, obviously I remember what I wore. <laughs> Are you serious? I do. You're, that is incredible. <laughs> yes. Mia's a fashionista, so she's got style. Uh, she's the person in the office that looks different every day. She's got style. So I know it looked good. You knew you, you but looked I good. I wasn't sure what was going to happen once I got in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I I remember my first day of middle school uh, like it was yesterday. Just it's so easy to go back there because I remember you know picking out my clothes the night before, uh, eating breakfast, taking a shower, and then getting dressed and leaving myself plenty of time to do what every kid in the late 80s was doing that morning uh, on their first day of school, pegging or tight rolling their jeans. Do you remember that phase? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I was obviously not in great or middle school, but I still okay. did it. <laughs> okay. So you, you pegged your jeans. Oh, yeah. That was the, the big deal. Mm-hmm. So I, I had this anxiety going to like, school the first day. Like I knew pegging the jeans. We called it where I was from, tight rolling your jeans. I knew that was a big deal. So I knew I had to get that done, but I'd never done it before. And, but I was like, okay, I'm time, here, here we go. And, and I spent probably 40 minutes doing it because oh I rolled them, re-rolled them. Like, are they tight enough? Are they good enough? Are they going to stay? Are they too thick? Are they too thin? It, was I overthinking this or was that like part of the deal? Gosh, I don't remember that much, putting okay. that much thought in it, but I wasn't in middle school either. Okay, so. I see. So See, did your brother not help you? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he was, you know, he was in high school. He was doing his thing. And I don't yeah. think it, I probably didn't ask either. But I, yeah, so, so I remember like tight rolling my jeans. And it's quite the look. It is quite the look. But you don't need to now because most pants are tapered. Mm-hmm. Right? At the leg, it's kind of gives you the look. Right? right. That, that cool look. So, so I remember tight rolling my jeans. Why was I so focused on having the, the pegged look because I wanted to be liked. Right? I, I, the, the number one thing in my mind was when I walk in those doors, what are people going to think? How are they going to look at me? 
Will they like me? And will I be able to make friends? Now, was this a new school? So, you know, kind of like from grade school to middle school, it's a separate school. There's, again, everybody in our little town went to this school, but there was like several towns that kind of uh, bust into this one middle school. So you're going to be meeting new people, new kids, and there's just a little little anxiety like, okay, so are my friends from elementary school still going to be my friends? Are they going to ditch me for, you know, somebody better? You know, you also have that anxiety from summer because some you didn't see some kids all summer, you know? There was actually a lot of that. You saw a few kids that you either lived by or your you know parents were friends, but yeah, like yeah. who's going to be there? Yeah, and from sixth grade to ninth grade, it's always interesting because kids move, but also kids grow. I mean, some dudes like came back with a full mustache. You're like, who who is who is that adult walking down the hallway? <laughs> that's that's a man. <laughs> so, so so I had this this concern about being liked, and uh, all of us want to be liked. It's one of the innate desires we're born with. We all desire to be liked, to be accepted, to be in friendship. But research says it's actually a step further. It's not a desire, it's a need. There's a physiological need. We need to be connected into relationships. So healthy relationships as teenagers, there's some interesting things. I'm going to read these off. These are all things that are, are according to research, are really important. If you have good friendships as as a, as a young teen, you have a higher functioning immune system. I mean, it impacts your immune system. Good friendships. You have better self-esteem, lower rates of anxiety, are happier, more optimistic, will live longer, have better control of their emotions, better thinking and cognitive skills, and have more empathy and feelings of trust toward others. Just from having relationships in your teenage years. So for kids, this is really important because you could then say the opposite is also true. If you don't have friendships at adolescence, that means what? That means your immune system is weakened. It means you'd have more anxiety, less self-confidence, less less self-esteem, and, and the list goes on. And so th- this is a, a big deal, having relationships, and we live in a world that is full of what research calls social isolation. Kids today are more isolated than they've ever been. And I would say adults probably are too. And this whole pandemic we went through, that didn't help at all. So you have this social isolation when we, when we withdraw from relationships. And it's a very real thing, whether it's because somebody bullied us or because we were left out of a group or whether we just we, we just aren't comfortable being in those social groups or you know sometimes it's screen addiction screens cause us to socialize late so there's a there's several key reasons we do well you you definitely see that in children with the screen but i think adults have it too there's no question i mean uh we are addicted to our screens and so what that does is we we isolate ourselves and it is it's horrible for our, our health so how do you know if you have social isolation, if that's an issue with you? Um, do you avoid social interaction? Do you uh, cancel plans with peers and then feel relieved when those plans are canceled? Do you spend nearly all of your time alone 
or prefer to be alone? See, these are all questions to ask yourself. If you answered those to the positive, you may be a person that's socially isolating. And the problem with this is we get so comfortable being isolated, there's actually parts of our brain that begin to shrink and shrivel and go away. That, that relational piece. It, we, we are, our brains were hardwired to be connected in relationships, and there's certain parts of our brains that, that they don't fire, they don't engage, and so we can become hermits. I read this study, uh, a guy who was offered an opportunity from somewhere in Europe, had the opportunity, somebody said, hey, uh, I have this house for rent for super cheap, it's in, it's in a remote area, but it's beautiful, it's in, in the mountains, in the hills, it was away from, uh, like miles away from the nearest small town, nobody, <clears throat> and this guy lived here for, for five years, and nobody once drove past or walked past his house, that's how isolated it was. Wow. And he found himself, as he'd go into town, he would start to get nervous to interact. Like his, his throat would get tight and he was like, he, because he had no practice talking, interacting. So they actually did brain scans and they found that that part of his brain was actually shrunk and limited. So it goes away. If you don't lose it, you lose it. So interesting. It is. And, you know, growing up, you, did you have those people on your block like those that, you know, that they didn't come out of the house or, you know, you never really knew like who were they? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, again, social isolation, probably for the majority of people, most people probably aren't hermits. But when we get hurt, somebody, relationships are tough. So, so when someone hurts us in a relationship, when someone abandons ship or rejects us, that's, that's one of the major factors that causes us to just withdraw from relationships. So hurt would be a trigger. Yeah. Anger would be a trigger. Um, being rejected would be a trigger. And we, we feel like we're victims. And why would I want to go back into, into victimization? But again, you cannot live a five slot. You cannot reach your potential or enjoy the level of happiness and peace and contentment in life alone. We are wired to be connected in a relationship. So we'll take a quick break, come back with more after this. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the Five Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. So we're talking about how to rule, have dominion, and control over your relationships. In the last segment, we talked about the importance of uh, of relationships on our immune system, on our mental health, on just about every area of our life is touched by the value of relationships. And if you don't have them, you suffer. You, you are on the outside looking in. So, how, I mean, obviously, this is that's a terrible and a... I, what do I want to say? Just a hurtful place to be. But how do you, what do you do? How can you get back in there? So what, what I, what I teach kids is this is where you're going to have to live by the five slip of courage, which we define as having the strength to do, to do what's right rather than what's popular or comfortable. So when you have been rejected, when you're isolated, maybe, you know, you've been hurt or, or sometimes you, you just want to be alone. It's, it's just, 
way more safe, way more comfortable. There's less drama. I have kids that say, Coach Seth, I don't do relationships. And it's always because they got burned. Mm -hmm. And so as adults, the same thing is true. So we get hurt, we isolate. We get upset, we isolate. So it takes courage to actually step step back into the arena, if you will. As a kid, um, I love basketball. And my dad would take me to Detroit Pistons games or Michigan State basketball games, these massive arenas, and we'd sit way up high. But I'd be sitting there, and it was fun, but I was just imagining myself wishing I could be on the floor playing. Like, I wanted to be in the game, you know? And I, I think for, for our own health, when you isolate yourself, you're weak, it hurts you, and there's this fear of stepping into the arena, getting in the game. And, and so we're enjoying maybe the peace we have by ourselves. It's predictable. I can control my environment. But yet we're still on the outside looking in, especially this time of year as, as the holidays approach. You're very much aware at a heightened state of your loneliness, that you have no one, that you wish you had more friends maybe. You hear about people going to Christmas parties and, and there's this anxiety, should I go? Now it's more comfortable to stay home. These are all like real issues that will determine our level of thriving, our level of a five-star life. And it takes courage to say, you know, I'm going to step into the arena. This isn't comfortable, but I'm going to step into the arena and and build some relationships, some some pure relationships. It's not natural for me because I'm more of an introvert to really like go to places that I don't know too many people. I'd rather stay home, trust me. (laughs) But I do have to force myself to, as you say, you know, get back in the arena. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as a kid, though, I mean, that's hard. It is is really hard. Um, But kids know, like, man, I want to have friendships. As adults, we can get a little more hardened, like, no, heck with that. I've been there, done that. I'm good. I'm just fine. I know lots of adults like that. And... Are we are we trying to make a case that you have to have uh, a, a party animal mindset that you have to be the life of the party and just be super social? No, but you've got to have good friendships and you've got to have a few good friendships. You've got to socially interact. It, it's amazing what it does to the brain, what it does to your dreams, your hopes. It's amazing what friendships do in in acting as a mirror to yourself. You learn a lot about yourself through friends. They give you feedback. If you don't have any friends, you get zero feedback. And 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 you can become a person that is not really the person you want to be and not even know it. Because you're getting no feedback. So what would be like a first step that you could take to get back in the, the arena? Well, we, we talk to kids about like, if you want to step into the arena and build friendships, it starts with one word interest. You have to be um, a person that is interested in others. I mean, right? I mean, isn't that why we don't engage socially? We don't step in the arena because we don't care. I read an article several years ago that studied hundreds of kids across the country who uh, were very likable. Some would say they were popular the one thing that they had in common, it wasn't their race, it wasn't their uh, socioeconomic status, it wasn't um, cultural, it wasn't based on any of those things. The one thing they all had in common was 
they all were interested in others. They, they, they just were really fascinated by people. Their mindset was people are super interesting. So naturally, when you have that mindset, you want to understand what makes them tick. That, that right there is why people, one of the reasons why people stay isolated. They no longer care. They don't think people are interested. It, 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 it's really a form of selfishness where we now, it started out as just a protective measure, but now it's becoming selfish because now I'm just going to think about myself. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to insulate myself. So how did we get there or here, I guess, because we are here? <laughs> you know, I think it's probably always been an issue, right? I mean, there's always been social circles. There's always been hermits, right? I mean, the hermit is not a new term. That's an old term. Why? Because of all the things we've talked about. The question becomes, though, for every individual is, is that what you want? Like, most people, I think, choose this almost by default. They just slowly isolate themselves and convince themselves that it's better for them to be alone. I don't need those friends. I don't need those family members. I don't. And again, we do lessons that talk about setting up healthy boundaries. Having alone time is normal. It's healthy. But when we're intentionally isolating from, from other people out of fear of rejection, that means we're now being ruled by social isolation. We're not choosing our destiny. It's choosing us. How did the pandemic and the e-learning, like that obviously it did not help this, this situation or this? Well, it, it was like um, wiping the slate clean for a lot of people and a lot of kids. So, so we formed bad habits. We isolated. And then some people were just like chomping at the bit. People were really self-aware, like I need to be around people. And they were craving social interaction. But there's some people that formed habits and they've not come out of those habits. They, they've really enjoyed the isolated state they've been in. They've, they've kind of uh, really nestled in and they've been isolated. And, and they're missing out on f- the joy of friendships, the, the joy of sharing and doing life together. And that, that's what makes relationships, at the end of the day, is what makes life so rich. How do you help your child, though, kind of break through that? if they're fearful or if they've become comfortable living like that? Man, that, that is a, a hard one. I mean, one goes back to that word interest. So you get your kids, you force your kids, I mean, ultimately, you force your kids to get involved in sports, in youth groups, in extracurricular activities. Like, there's no, it's not optional. You're going to play a sport. Like, my kids all knew, like, yeah, I'm going to play a sport in high school. Like, that's just mandatory. Why? Because sports teaches so many great things. There's social interaction. You have to learn how to, you know, interact with teammates. You have to deal with a coach. So there's multiple layers and levels of relationships that they're learning how to rule. And they're getting feedback. And they're learning how to deal with that feedback. So some people, and again, parents, this is tough because some parents, it's too painful for them to watch their kid flounder, so they pull them out of things. It's the worst thing you can do. You've got, again, if they're being severely bullied and it's it's bad like that, yes. But pull them out of something to put them in something else. That's what I was going to say too. And you and I both parented the same way that they, if they, you know, there's reasons that they get pulled, but for the most part, we tried to tell them that they were committed, they were needed to stay in there. And then if it didn't work out after the committed time, then let's find something else. 
Absolutely. F- finish your commitment. Mm-hmm. Because again, th- this is a part of relationships. R- relationships are, are really a lot like seasons. You know, you know they, they, they are, are like clothes. They, they change with the season. So, so you can have a, a, a certain relationship that lasts through basketball season, but then in the summer, you have a whole different group of friends. And, and that's how kids learn to interact. It, but they also start to feel the, the yearning for, man, I miss that person. That's when you know you have good friends. I'm going to reach out to them. Did you have different groups of friends or did you just have like friends from sports? Yeah, I had all kinds of different friends. So I, I was um, I was interested in people. So I, I, I was interested in everybody. Um, so I had friends from sports, from basketball, from football. I had friends from church and youth group. Um, I had all, all sorts of friends. And I, 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 I think the other thing we can talk about is having a best friend. Um, I think we'll hit that in the next segment because sometimes we feel this enormous pressure like I need to have a best friend. There's seasons. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. Mia, how did you form some of your closest friends when you were thinking back to like the teenage days? Gosh, um, a lot of them were, or I still have the same, some same friends from grade school, um, teenage going into high school. You know, I just, it, then you, you were by people that you didn't know you had to, you know, share lockers, uh, different classes. And so I, I'm the same as you. I mean, I do just talk, you find out that you're the, you know, have the same interests and you start a friendship. And that's what we teach kids. Like, how do you make friends? If you are not in the arena, you're on the sidelines looking in. The, the key is if you will start to pursue your own interests, you'll you'll start to make friends. If, if it's art, if it's sports, uh, whatever it is that you enjoy, you naturally form friendships based on common interests. So my early friendships were based around sports. Um, I met my wife through church, right? I mean, the, you have common interest of faith. So that 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 brings you together. The problem with social isolation is you're not willing to step in the arena. You're, you're not giving yourself those opportunities. And, and I mean, think about all the friendships I would have missed out on if I wasn't willing to step into the arena. How do you deal with, you know, like the, I call myself an introvert or like shy people. And, and when you're not made to even speak to other people or, you know, find out what they're interested in. I mean, how do you navigate that? Well, so being extroverted, being introverted, um, these are all terms these are all things that psychology is, is made up for us, you know, to, to label us. I'm not a big fan of labels. I understand, like, I'm not knocking it because it's good to identify. It, it helps us. It's a framework, but it's not meant to, here, here's the problem. If I, if I'm labeled as shy, as introverted, that can carry a lot of meaning and take me down this path of, well, I guess this is just how I am, which is a complete lie. We, we, we can be the person we want to be 
and, and, and we can develop the person that we want to have. So our brains are, I mean, the neuroplasticity, we can, we can take on all kinds of uh, personality. Like, like I, have, I was considered shy as a kid. I hid behind my dad's leg. He forced me into the arena. Seth, you, I'm not going to take you in public if you're going to hide behind my leg. Well, I wanted to be with my dad in public and go to, go to places because he's hung out with you know, high school kids, worked with high school kids. And I thought they were really cool. So I'm like, no, I want to go, but I'm going to have to step into the arena. And, and it's, it's an act of your will. That sounds really s- simple, but it's, it's super true. You don't have the level of introversion. Like you may have a bent towards introversion, but it doesn't mean you have to live there. I was introvert, considered introverted, but nobody considers me to be an introvert today. Why? Because I started to choose what I wanted to be. That sounds crazy to some people, but I, I was shy. I would have never, nobody in my younger days would have pictured me doing the stuff I'm doing today. Right? Yeah. I was As you were saying that, I'm like, you would not be the Seth you are today had your dad not helped you get into the arena. Absolutely. And it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It was probably uncomfortable for him too at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to- totally. So, so as a parent, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like that's the definition of courage. Having the courage to, to do the right things for yourself and for your kids. So am I, am I living and engaging in relationships the way I, I want to? Am I living my dream? And am I helping my kids live their dream? And sometimes it has to get really uncomfortable in order to get there. What are some things that you could like tell a parent who's kind of facing that same thing right now? Again, you have, you have to get them in the arena. So it's things like uh, we do, here's a, here's a great tool. We've been developing a five-star app for the last three years. In January, it's going to be ready to go. We're super excited. So this winter, if you're a parent listening and you've got kids that you just feel like you're disconnected from, maybe they're isolating in the, in the home, uh, maybe they have very few friends, or maybe they have some friends, but you feel like they're disconnected from you, this app is an incredible tool. So we do, in our home, uh, family meetings. So it's usually Sundays, Sunday nights. It's kind of the way to start the week. We sit everybody down and um, we, we just talk about life. And sometimes we'll go through a five-star lesson. Sometimes we'll just, you know, read a scripture or we'll talk about an issue of the day. But the rule is everybody has to engage. So you're, you're going to engage. So, and sometimes we sit there for a while because nobody engages. And then they're like, okay, I got to talk. So we, we have, we have, and again, I'm not a perfect parent. Um, maybe they'll be in counseling in, in five years because man, no. my dad forced me to talk. <laughs> I don't believe that's going to be the case. Um, what I'm doing is is pushing them into the arena. And, and the other thing you're doing when you do that is you're forcing them to think critically about issues of our day, about their own lives. And technology is not helping them do that. Technology is dumping information in their mind. Their peers aren't probably challenging them a whole lot, maybe a little bit. But this whole process of sitting down and talking as a family, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, that that's a simple way, kind of a low hanging fruit way to get your kids to step into the arena and start to socialize, interact. But other things like, man, you've got to, 
you know, be a part of uh, either volunteering in the community. You've got to be a part of a church group. You've got to be a part of so, you know, sports in school. Those are things that, that really force kids to figure that out. And there's some real power behind them learning to figure it out because they, they learn how powerful they are. They, hey, I can do this. And parents, it, it is hard. You know what? you got to find time to drive them if they're, you know, not of age to get to those um, organizations. Clubs, yeah. yeah. And um, I think sometimes then we, we kind of like, we don't want to do that because it is hard. But, and then we're, we're upset because our kids are isolating and they're not mm-hmm. engaging and they don't have friends. If they're teenagers, one of the best things they can do, if they're not like, maybe they're at the age where they've tried all the sports and they're still kind of isolating a little bit. Maybe they're just, they're comfortable at home playing video games. They need to get a job and, and have them get a job like either fast food or customer service. Like, um, you know, there, there's something powerful about being forced in the arena where you have to work the cash register, you have to interact with customers. I mean, that will, I mean, it, they might be freaked out of it, but th- they will, in short order, realize like, holy cow, I can do this. We made all of our girls be waitresses, and my girls are amazing. At, they engage, and they have always been complimented as even young girls about how they could speak to adults and they always are interested in people. So it's, it's an amazing step or encouragement to, (laughs) you know, have your child, you know, take that path. And I would just say, don't settle. If your kids are isolated right now, um, you need to not feel guilty or ashamed or feel bad and just kind of run away from the conversation. You're not alone. There's millions of parents that their kids are in the same boat. And, but having the conversation, having the courage to step into the arena with your kids, that's the first step. That's good. So we got a couple more minutes, Seth. What are some things, um, if if you're an adult and you're facing these things? Uh, If you're an adult, um, it starts with interest. Like if you don't find people, human beings fascinating, you probably have to let go of some things that happened to you. That's a pretty general statement, but there's a lot of truth in that. We are like dogs. <laughs> uh, labs, golden retrievers, that's human beings are wired up very much. We're social animals. And so we're not wired to be like a cat, to socially isolate, to be a hermit. We're wired to look out the window and stare for some kind of interaction. That's the way human beings are. We, we, we find people fascinating when you get rejected, when you get hurt, when someone mistreats you, that hurt sends you into uh, quarantine. It sends you into isolation. And so I would, I would tell people that don't find people fascinating and interesting that you, maybe you need to, to let go of some things and start to find some people that you can find interesting again. One small step. How do you do that? Um, you know what? There are people in your neighborhood, in your community. There's coworkers. I mean, simplest way to connect. Find them interesting. Find something to compliment. If you want to open a door of communication relationship, compliment someone. That opens a door. Ask a question. Man, I love your hair. I love your shoes. You know, who, who did it? Where, where do you find that style? I mean, it's, it's really simple, but really powerful. That's all good stuff. Good stuff. 
Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. So to wrap things up, you know, this idea of social isolation, separating ourselves from the people around us because somebody mistreated us, somebody said something we didn't like, uh, or because we're afraid uh, to engage, to step into the arena, or because it's just so much more comfortable to sit on the couch, on the chair, and engage in a screen activity. These are all, these are all symptoms that we're being ruled, like, in our relationships by social isolation and life is meant to be lived in relationship. We are, we are not cats. We're not cat like we're dog like, <laughs> you know, cats, um, you know, if, if they want something from you, um, except for those really, there's some really nice cats. There are out some there. nice cats, but, but the majority of cats, like, and if you're going to give me something special, then I'll come, I'll come check it out. When I need you, I'll come find you. Dogs, man, they're waiting at the door. They're so interested, and they just they just want to be a friend. And we we are again, dogs are social animals. We are social animals. This is this is so important to if you have a dog that gets isolated. I mean, it changes their personality. It, it changes them inward. They can get mean. They can get nasty. The same thing happens to us as adults. Because we, we, we aren't having that part of the brain, that part of our heart um, that needs to be connected, engaged. I was thinking we used to have a dog that when it got in its cage, it would, it would freak out and like tear the cage up because it wanted to be with, you know, us. So, and, and I mean, you, when you look at it like that, it's a terrible thing, social uh, isolation, yeah, it's 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 like imprisoning someone. Yeah. And it's like imprisoning ourselves. So, you know, everybody's got to stop and just think like th- this next holiday season, um, are, are you going to be the person that isolates or the person that engages? And again, going back to in the previous segment, I talked about this idea that when you're not interested, that means you're just self-focused. So, so a part of stepping into the arena is, is stepping the arena to think about how can I influence others? And the problem with social isolation is we're not even thinking about others. We're thinking only of ourselves. So with the holidays coming up, you know, when you get that invite, go, say yes, just stop by. It's so many people, when you say that, you know, you don't get to that point where you don't care about people. It's like, oh my gosh, they're just inviting me because blah, 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 blah. No, they're inviting you because they're interested and they want you to be a part. Right. So show up and show out. Mm-hmm. Go there, dressed up, have fun, engage. There's a real childlike part of each one of us as adults that we need to engage in. Kids are curious. Kids are interested. Kids will just stare at your face. They'll look at you. They just, they just, they're just so interested, right? 
there's this childlike part of us that we have to go back to if we want to experience what kids experience. Peace, happiness, connection. I mean, the simplicity of a good conversation, the simplicity of a hug, of being relationally connected, those are kind of childlike things that kids need. They'll come up and they, they will hug you. They'll, they'll, they'll get what they need. And they'll give too. They're very generous. This, is, this calls for kind of childlike courage, awe, and being interested. We kind of turn that part off as we get older, don't we? We do. Um, we, we shut down the childlike side of us, and it's the biggest mistake we make because we're all just big kids. Um, kids laugh at stuff. They find everything funny. It's it's just so fun to be around kids because they laugh at the darndest things. You know, like, that's not funny. It's like, oh, it's actually funny if you had a sense of humor. Um, the kindness, the warmth, the smiles, the giggling, the questions. There's something special about children. And you live enough life and we, we, we kind of harden that, that child-centric part of our brain and we've got to keep that soft. There's got to be some statistics that say that when you do allow yourself to feel those things that, you know, you, what you were saying earlier too, like being a part, like having healthy relationships, your immunity system is increased and better. And, you know, there's so many benefits. Yeah. So, so being childlike and, and having, and think about the courage it takes for kids to, to, to live life and to try new things. There's, there's some courage involved, but it's just kids are just like interested. They're curious. They're not, they haven't learned to be afraid yet. And that, that that's a big part of this whole courage thing. We only have a couple fears that are innate that we're born with. The fear of loud noises and the fear of heights. And those are just security issues, right? The, if, you, if you're up on a cliff and you, you fall, you're dead. So it's your security system. The loud noise is the same thing. That, that truck might hit you or somebody doesn't have good intentions. It's a security issue. But every other fear is something we learn. We learn to fear relationships when they don't work out the way we want. And I don't have a statistic on this, but a majority of the time that those relationships don't work out, oftentimes it's because we, we misread the other person because we can't, we, we don't communicate well. Either they say something or do something, we take it wrong or they meant it, but we never circle back to try to work through it. So again, relationships, it takes courage to step back in the arena. It does. And so going into this holiday season, if you're out of the arena, what could, what are some things that people could do? So, you know, you, you said this before, but go to that party, um, reach out to that friend. Stepping in the arena is, is complimenting something. Find some people in your world, at your workplace, uh, in your neighborhood that you find interesting, get to know them, ask them questions. Hey, what are you doing for Christmas? Hey, is this holiday season? Is this, is this a good season for you? Like, like, what's it like? What are the holidays like for you? There's open-ended questions that you can ask anybody that are really painless and they're not intrusive, but there's simple ways that you can engage people. And then, then they're going to find out if you're, you actually are interested and if they just say, oh, yeah, I love the holidays, well, that's a surface answer. And that's totally fine. And say, yeah, what, what do you love about it? When you do that, then they know oh, they actually are interested. We do that to people, right? We isolate from conversation because we're not sure if they're just making small talk 
or if they're truly interested. We vet people, but we don't always get it right. And how many times do you catch yourself? Well, maybe not you, but I catch myself uh, just asking for small talk and then they they start to answer and you're like, oh, I didn't want to go there. But then you go there and you're like, you know what? There was a reason that mm-hmm. I asked that question because mm-hmm. it led to something that, that they were you know needed or that I could learn from them. And again, part of the social isolation is people are so busy, um, too busy, they just don't care. And so that's why people feel alone this time of year is like, who, who is thinking about me? Who, who cares about me? And you've got to get out of your own way and start to ask that question for somebody else. Like, hey, I'm going to acknowledge this person. I'm going to step into the arena and I'm going to assume that the research is right that everybody wants to be connected, that everybody's looking for somebody who actually cares. It's so cliche and so simple, but that's what people want. They want people to, like, they want to be around people that, that, that are cared for and that care about you. And knowing that, it's like we, that we all have a responsibility to find those people um, because it, it's inside of us and you know it's inside somebody else. So, you know what, reach out, ask those questions, see how people are doing. And this is where it gets really exciting because we, we often think of ourselves, like if we're socially isolating and we've been burned, it, it's all us focused. But when you flip it and you say, you know, I'm going to go be a blessing to somebody else. I'm going to go check on somebody else. I'm going to engage in someone else. The way I've learned to live life is I, I'm not responsible for what they do with the attention I give them for the care I offer or the friendship I offer. I'm responsible to actually step in the arena. And what happens in that arena is up to the other person. But I know what my intentions are. It, when you do that, it takes the pressure off. And and then you start thinking differently. You start thinking about like, man, I, I, I can be a, a help to someone today. I can just, just a smile, just a, a kind word, a little, little bit of encouragement. It goes a long way. It sure does. You have a lot of great taglines. And you know, from this uh, lesson that we film today, it's step into the arena. Step into the arena and don't spend another day on the outside looking in or, or just that internal longing for friendship and just feeling alone and isolated. Shake off those feelings and let that motivate you to step into the arena. Go to fivestarlife.org. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.